unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm good, and I'm excited because we have, is it five-time returning champ now? That's right. Absolutely. Mike Pavlish, thank you and welcome. Now, the quote I'm about to read you is from a letter not written by today's special guest and returning champion, A-list copywriter Mike Pavlish. This is from a very controversial old master, founder of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, in a letter to author Marie Bonaparte, grandniece of Napoleon Bonaparte, he wrote, despite my 30 years of research into the feminine soul, I have never been able to answer the great question, what does a woman want? <laughs> a lot of people think Freud didn't understand much about women in any way. Now, our guest today does have an answer to that, not a universal answer, but a proven answer to the more practical question, what do women prefer in how you write to them in sales copy? Mike has this answer because he has written more than 400 long form sales letters and video sales letters to women for products that include health, diet, fitness, and beauty for 32 years. And overall, Mike's copy to male and female audiences together has racked up more than 725 million in sales. Today, Mike's going to share 12 tips with us based on what he's learned over many years up into and including this year. And here's something else to keep in mind, whether you're writing to women, men, or anybody else. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Mike, welcome back, and, and thanks for joining us on this. Hey, it's great to talk to you again, David. So, you know, before we get into your 12 great tips, and, and I mean that, I'm not being hyperbolic because some of this stuff is going to be a revelation to copywriters, male copywriters who've been writing mainly for men. Could you sort of give us the overview, the, the big picture difference in male psychology and male buying behavior versus female psychology and female buying behavior? Sure. Women, women buy for vastly different reasons than men. They're more thoughtful when they buy. They're more inclusive of other people and their needs when they buy. They're more risk averse and they require more connection with the seller before they buy. Basically, women are much, I would actually say, more difficult to sell to because 
men make impulsive purchases, more impulsive purchases than women. They take more risk and they buy for simpler, more basic reasons. Women are more complex in their buying behavior. This intelligence and complexity makes selling to women harder than selling to men. And fact of the matter is statistics show that uh, women are driving over or at 75% of all consumer purchases today. So to be an effective direct marketer, you must be able to sell to women. And they also have a veto power, approval power on larger purchases that their male partners make. And there's 12 things I've learned that stand out in selling to women. But I guess just to summarize the big picture, throughout history, most copywriters have been male. So even today with a lot more female copywriters, we still have this male dominance in copywriting and because people have learned from male copywriters. So you still have what's called, what I call dude copy or macho copy. And that does not work when selling to women. That's a great point. You know, I saw this, uh, another copywriter told me to see it on Netflix. It's called Borg and Power and Glory. And it was about a woman who had been the first female prime minister of Denmark and then had become the foreign minister, like a secretary of state in the U.S. And the title of the first episode was The Future is Female. I thought that's interesting because in a way things are kind of trending that way subtly and um, maybe not noticeably to everyone, but it's certainly, certainly worth understanding this. I think it would go beyond copywriting, but we'll keep it on copywriting. Let people extrapolate as they will. What's your first of 12 tips? Okay. You know, the thing to keep in mind is that if you don't apply these tips, it's costing you a lot of lost sales. Because again, women respond very differently to men. Uh, the first one is, let's get back to sociology and uh, genetics, because this is really where all great persuasion comes from. Women purchase a lot on the basis of security. Men are driven by status. Women are driven by security. That's societal and genetics. That's hardwired. So the more you can remember that, the, the stronger your copywriting is going to convert. Whether you think it's nature or nurture, the bottom line is this women crave security. Um, security can be practical, like reassuring her of all the benefits, social that should be part of a larger community that's, you know, has her back, monetary that she'll get a good return on investment, internal more self-esteem. The more secure your copywriting can make a woman prospect feel, the more you'll win her over. Uh, an example, a bad copy would be, you might feel scared at first, but that comes with doing anything new that has risk to it. You see how unsecure that wording is? Yeah, and, and, the, and, and that appeals to a real adventurous guy, right? But not yeah, to a exactly. woman. Right. Whereas good copy would be, you can feel secure knowing you're doing a smart, wise, proven thing something over 14,000 other women have done and love it. And you're protected by a one-year, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. That builds security and, and inclusiveness. I see the difference, and I can, I can even feel the difference as, as you're reading them. 
It it does. It it feels very safe. Now the tone that we guys use, um, especially in the internet marketing space or in the dating space, is very promotional, very hyperbolic, right? Um, not yeah. so good for women, though, huh? Yeah, you're right, David. That's an instant turnoff for women. Women are instantly turned off by that. Uh, it screams BS and you're lying. And women are human lie detectors. They know when they're being sold to and, and overpromoted to. And uh, so your copy has to be more like a conversation between two women before you dive into a full sales pitch. Like think of it when you're selling to women. It's best to when you, if you think of two female friends sharing a bottle of wine or gossiping or, you know, uh, giving advice to one another. This is the same tone you want to use in your copy, especially at the beginning of it. Let me give you an example of a bad, a bad example. The benefits to you are obvious. Experience this right now. Don't delay order right now. I mean, that's just a simple close, but it's just too abrupt and whatnot. Whereas a good example would be, I hope I've done a good job pointing out the many benefits you'll soon enjoy with this product. I'm really excited for you to try it and tell me what you think. I'm confident it will improve your life tremendously. To order, just select the quantity you want, fill in the order form, and submit your order. Then it will be rushed to you right away. So, yeah, you don't want that slam, bam copy. You want it more conversational, and uh, that pulls a lot better, higher conversion rate, and higher sales to women. Okay, I I really appreciate that, and I, I think it's excellent advice. First time I've I've heard it put quite that clearly. Yeah, women and men almost have the different language, don't we? Or don't they? <laughs> right? Yes, uh, 100% correct. So, yeah. Yeah, I call it the way a lot of copywriting is written today. I call it dude copy or, or tough guy copy or you know masculine copy. Uh, again, this is, goes back to the, the industry being dominated by male copywriters or female copywriters who learn from male copywriters. And... You know, words like defeat, smash, crush, these are male words. They, they just, they don't resonate or sell well to women. You, you, if you soften the language and use more feminine language, you convert and sell to a lot more women. For instance, if you have a weight loss product or service, uh, you should use the phrase lose weight instead of something like murder your fat cells. One will sell to men, one will sell to women. Uh, other words that are good are relieve, ease, get rid of. A bad example would be this will crush your food cravings like a boxer crushes his opponent with no mercy. A good example would be would be the pounds will drop off your body day after day because your food cravings will ease up, making you not want to eat those problem foods so much anymore. Yeah, you know, the, the first one sounds like really wild, uh, exciting language. The second one sounds like you're talking to somebody. The good one, right? That's the difference. So, yeah. So, copy and and touch points. Could you talk about? I know that's your fourth tip. Yeah, fourth tip. Well, the studies show that uh, women speak nearly three times more words a day than men do. I think it's twenty thousand words a day for women and like seven thousand words a day for men. So, women are more verbal. They take in a lot more, they give and take in a lot more words. So basically what that means is don't be afraid to use long copy. Long copy will almost convert better than short copy almost every time. This is one of the oldest and truest rules in direct response marketing. 
Second, uh, you want to increase the touch points that you have with a female prospect. You don't want to just rely on a landing page to make sales anymore, like in the old days. You want to have like, for example, frequent emails. You want to have a presence on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever your best prospects spend their time. Uh, this not only gives your female prospects the opportunity to get to know you, but also they can comment on your content and share their own input, which makes them feel heard. Let me give you a bad example of a company selling a product today. They're only selling with a website with product description and sales copy. Now, on the other hand, here's, a good, here's what a good example of a company selling to women would do today. They would have a website, but they would also have a long copy landing page with which explains everything, goes through all the objections and all the uses and benefits. They'd have a videos up on YouTube. They'd have their frequent emails. They'd have posts on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So many different touch points with the female prospect. That's a really good tip. And it probably explains and meets the needs of a very different communication style than a lot of men are used to. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, because what happens? I mean, for me, when I look for a product, and, and you probably too, David, and what you're doing is you check Google, maybe you check Facebook or whatever social media you use, right? You look for reviews, you might Google this, Google that. And if you're on Instagram, you'll go there. YouTube, you'll go there. you start looking around. So people really look around, especially women. They take their time more, and they're looking for all these different touch points before they buy. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, could you talk about the personal relationship and bond with the seller? You've, you've touched on that. Could, could you elaborate just a little? Sure. Well, women are very social beings. They crave personal contact, community, and connection. So in order for a woman to buy, you really need to dial in what's known in marketing as the no like and trust factor you know the old saying people will buy from you unless they know you like you and trust you that's mm -hmm. especially true that's especially true with with women if you help her bond with your brand and through a spokesperson a guru or celebrity instead of like a faceless soulless company that's really good and very powerful and effective Again, I'll give you a, a, a bad example and a good example so you can, your listeners can see the contrast. A bad example would be a company that uses a typical website where it looks like a person's buying from a faceless company. A good example would have all the following. A podcast where the product founder tells her discovery story and is interviewed about the product. A detailed uh, our story or my story section on the website where it's a personal one-on-one, -on -one, how I discover this product or service. An invitation maybe to email the owner and ask questions and different posts on social media, all to create that personal relationship that's gonna sell the product or service. Yeah, that that's really interesting. I mean, I think all the way back to Claude Hopkins where he said, you know, faceless corporations, people don't like them you know, to, and to give any product a personality or a person to represent it is, is a good thing. Of course, he was talking about selling to consumers. And I think then as well as now, most consumer purchases were decided by women, huh? Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, I love this one because it's it seems like a more advanced copywriting technique, but it's also so basic, the the family and friends one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Number six, how will your product or service also affect the woman's family and friends and her social, everyone she knows? Uh, women are nurturers, and, and as such, they consider other people around them when they make a buying decisions. Remember, you're not just selling features and benefits. You're also selling her on how these features and benefits will affect her spouse, her children, her friends, and her coworkers. For example, if you have a fitness product, David, that you're selling to women, you want to write about how the woman's transformation will give her more energy to keep up with her kids better and be in their lives more and make her more desirable to her spouse and you know make her more popular with her friends. If your product will help her have less pain, for example, talk about how this will improve her relationship with her partner, her friends, coworkers, and kids, and even grandkids. Point being, if, if, if she can see a positive impact on herself and also on the other people around her, she'll feel less selfish in buying and more confident in buying. Uh, I'll give you another bad and good example here of copy. Bad example would be, it's okay to be selfish and do something now for yourself. Take care of number one yourself and buy this product now. Good example. This product will help you be healthier and more energetic. And this will make you an even better mother, spouse, and friend so that you and everyone you love is a big winner. Well, this is great. I agree with you. It's contrarian advice. You know, I mean, we sort of have this uh, Ayn Rand, uh, self-interest is the only motivator to buy kind of theme running through our culture as copywriters. But I think you're right. When you're writing to women, that's going to work better. And it doesn't really matter what I think. You've got 400 promotionists to prove it. So I'll take that any day of the week over what I think. All right. Um, number number seven, um, relatable stories. Yes. Okay. Number seven, share relatable stories from successful female customers. Uh, women are more skeptical than men. So they're more cautious when making a purchase. So you want to add a lot of testimonials or social proof from everyday women. And think about buyer objections when you share these success stories also. For example, you know, showcase your customers who thought they were too busy to buy or they couldn't apply what you're selling, uh, or they didn't think they had enough time or money to buy it or use it, or tried other solutions in the past and didn't think anything would work, and so on, the common objections. And, you know, use pictures of the real customers. Don't just use edited down, short, general men and women testimonials. That's what seems to work best. Okay, that, that's good. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people who don't have the experience you have are going to say, oh, well, women are emotional, so everything should be about dream about the future and, and imagine what your life's like and imagine your husband's face glowing as he kisses you in the morning and you're saying that's only half of it and and it, it better be realistic right yeah yeah right yeah number eight is don't hold back on, on showing her practical benefits 
I think any guy in here that's had any experience with a girlfriend or a wife knows how much more practical women are than men, right? So women may buy on emotion, but they need to justify things with practical logic. They're much more practical. Um, so what you want to do is make a detailed list of all the practical benefits of the product or service you're selling. And then talk about these benefits that to tilt the scale heavily in your favor of selling. In other words, is your pro how is your product or service easier to use than your competitors? Is it more convenient for her busy lifestyle? How? Show. I mean, show. Can't she fit it in around her work and motherhood? Does it save her time? Does it give her more options? Does it save space? Does it save her money? How does it save her money? Does it make it more productive? Does it, does it help out her children or her husband or spouse or boyfriend? The more practical benefits you can show her, the more things she can say, oh, this, I like this, this works, oh, this is cool, I like this, this is good, and the more a woman will buy what you're selling. Okay. You know, when we were talking about this before, the one to come, I was telling you about how my girlfriend has got the whole system so figured out she can go into a store and get them to pay her to, to buy. I mean, she ends up net cash in her hand and the bottle of shampoo. Um, you, you want to, want to talk about proof of the best deal? Yeah. Yeah. But women love to get the best deal, don't they? They do. Yeah, we all do. But women really love a good sale. It's kind of, you know, it's again, it's genetic sociology. It's they're just ingrained in them. It doesn't matter how much money they have. I'm talking 98% of them. So they don't want to overpay. That's the bottom line. And as a seller, you either should have a sale going on, position your product as a sale or a discount or assure and, and assure the, the lady that she won't find a lower price anywhere. So she doesn't have to go, you know, Amazon and, and Googling and looking around. You can also use value stacking in your sales copy. Uh, you also want to show how your product or service will save her money in different ways that it does and uh, show her she won't find a better deal. And upsells are also, you want to highlight any savings by showing how much more she can save at the checkout by purchasing more that, that works really well. Uh, a bad example of pricing would be, uh, you know, the price, the price is only $97. A good example would be the suggested price is $198, but today you can save 50% off this and pay the guaranteed lowest price anywhere of only $97, which we guarantee you won't find lower anywhere else. So go ahead and place your order now before this super bargain and big savings ends. I like that. We guarantee you won't find anywhere else because she's going to check even after she's bought, isn't she? Right. Yeah. Okay. Colors. We, we had a little joke about the, the shirts we're wearing and how they're kind of pastel-y, especially for this show. But uh, in all seriousness, what about feminine colors? Okay. Yeah, I, I pulled up some studies and they showed that women can, or can be turned off and not respond as highly when you use stark dominant colors like bright reds and blues. So you want to use lighter colors like yellow, orange, and pink, but softer versions of more dominant colors can be okay. So if you use reds, blues, and, and those kind of colors, consider softening them a little um, so they're not so bold. A bad example would be a landing page that has bright, stark red and blue color on it. A good, a good 
what would be better is a landing page with lighter colors like yellow, orange, and some pink. Or you know, that really helps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, I imagine for a while, I'm imagining here, so I've never heard this woman says, this feels more like me. This, this feels comfortable, you know, as opposed to what am I doing in this? What am I doing on Mars? What am I doing in this alien world? All right. Graphics and images, do, do they make more difference, more of a difference for women than for men? Yes, I think so. Women need more trust that the promise you're making is realistic for them. Images that show realistic results, like before and afters of average everyday women, uh, show the face of the brand in a relatable way, like the spokeswoman with, with her children or family are good. And if your brand has a community aspect to it, uh, whether it be charity or family or company get-togethers, include those images. Like dude copy would be, selling to women would be, a, if you're selling a product, say it's a money-making or weight loss product, you'd have a, and all your prospects are 35 and up, you'd have a 25-year-old looking and possibly beautiful woman driving a $150,000 new Mercedes. Whereas that's dude copy. That's not going to work to women. What you want to a woman is maybe a, a, a you know, regular average looking woman, age 35, 40, whatever, driving maybe a new Lexus or, you know, something like that with her husband and children in the car. I, I get the difference, and I've I've seen I've certainly seen the first one, yeah, a lot, uh, yeah. Right. All right. What about finally? What about guarantees? Well, David, just kind of like it's very important to use a very strong money back guarantee. Uh, we're all used to the Amazon Amazonization of the world, which is we if we don't like something, we send it back and get our money back. So people are not going to order something if there's a skimpy guarantee, you know, 30, 60, whatever, just, you know, make your guarantee 90 days or more unconditional. You know, that's just the world we live in. You have to do that. You, you know, you shouldn't be selling a product if you can't guarantee it. And the longer, stronger the guarantee, the, the better the sales are going to be to women. That sounds great. This, this is a wealth of information. I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Mike, uh, Nathan, what do you think? Does this ring any bells for you? Yeah, I'm going to jump in just at the end of the show and say it's not very popular to admit that there are biological and psychological differences between males and females these days. You get a lot of pushback. I will say, though, working in the video game industry for a while, one of the things was for female video games, you want colors that are more pleasant to female eyes for male video games it's all about stuff moving on the screen so different types of games attract different types of audiences and the reason was that that i was given was that male eyes and female eyes evolved differently so males were hunter gatherers they had to be able to track things in the bushes whereas mothers were the ones taking care of the children if there was just a slight difference of of skin tone or texture they needed to know hey there's something wrong with the kid and dads couldn't usually see that but mothers could just look at him and be like you look a little bit pale today honey are you feeling okay so from that all the way to the psychology. All of this stuff makes perfect sense. And if you kind of cringed a little bit listening to this stuff, I'm just gonna say 10 years, 
plus of working in marketing, every single thing that Mike said today has rung true. And I think a lot of why a lot of modern entertainment and a lot of marketing now is not working as effectively is because there's this idea that the stuff Mike was talking about is not true and it's all just enforced by society. But uh, there, there are differences and ignoring those differences is probably going to lead to less profits than just admitting the fact and working with them rather than trying to work against them. So thank you for being brave and coming on and saying some of the stuff that you said today, Mike. Well, yeah, I, I, I would agree with what you're saying, Nathan, that there's a lot of pushback. But for a marketer, for a copywriter, for someone who actually has to produce a profit, I would say, who are you going to take your advice from? Jacques Deidre and all the intellectuals that follow him in the university that gets its money from taxes or people who actually have to make living by selling stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not always popular. I mean, ever since I've been in direct marketing, there have been, you know, I mean, the first thing I heard is, oh, now you're going to do junk mail, David. And, and the criticisms never end, but you know, the people who criticize us need us. They they buy the things that we sell. They just have to get their two cents worth in to somehow feel superior to their own base humanity. And that's what I think about it. Yeah. Just to finish it off, if you live in denial of reality versus just, I guess you can fight against the flow of the stream or you can flow with the stream. And today's episode was all about learning how to flow with the stream and I just a wealth of information. So thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. And I, I really appreciate all the knowledge that you shared today. Yeah, I, I do too. And, and I, Nathan, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it is an objection. Some people who are caught in the social cultural debates are going to have, but at the end of the day, you want to find out what works. That's one reason people come to the show and, I can't think of anyone who knows what works and can explain it better than Mike. So, Mike, thank you for sharing it with us. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Mike, before we're out of here, if people want to either follow you or catch up with you or uh, keep track of what you're doing, is there any way that they can get in touch with you or, or kind of, like I said, keep track with what you're doing? Sure. Yeah, I have a website. It's uh, www.mikepavlish.com. Awesome. And we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com. And what was this, the fifth time that you've been on, Mike? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so a lot more episodes, a lot more of Mike over at copywriterspodcast.com as well. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.